two. Oops. There you go. In two. Bad. There we go. What there up, ladies is. and gents? Part two of the Business Bros Podcast today Woo-hoo. is Wednesday hump day. And Woo-hoo, we got a good show for you today. Selling Mount Helix. What? What's that about? Let's it's gonna be fun. Out. Shut up and sit down. The Business Bros Podcast was created for you. Learn from the business professionals who come to share their stories. Find out what's working in business and social media, what's hot and what's not, straight from the mouths of successful entrepreneurs out there doing the real work. And now, welcome to another episode of Business Bros. <laughs> what up, ladies and gents? Hey, before you drop that fire intro, Ham, I got to give a, a little plug. So today I yeah. went to go do an inspection. And a better home inspection, Danny Forster, gave me these. So he gave me a couple of these. If anybody wants a business bro's face mask from a better home inspection, you see that number right there? Over oh, There you go. See that number right there? 800-720-2844. Hit them up. Find them uh, on Instagram, a better home inspector. And, uh, you know, let them know you want a business bro's mask. And hopefully, if you're a realtor listening and you're doing some service, you got an inspection coming up, give them a shout out. Let them know yeah. the business bro sent you. All right, let's hop onto this thing. James, it's time for a fire intro. Fire. Speaking of fire, did it crack 100 again today? I think it cracked 100. Dude, it was a hot I one. I think it did. It was a hot one. But we have another fire show ready to go right here on the Business Bros Pod. Our guest today hails from the great and wonderful city of... Oh, right here in sunny San Diego. It's beautiful. <laughs> More specifically, he grew up in La Mesa and like many of us who journey here found that there's no place quite like SD. As a young San Diegan, our guest helped his family maintain and rent their investment properties and fell in love with the real estate game. Now he's a licensed realtor and spends his time assisting low-income elderly homeowners through volunteer and labor donations to his favorite charity called Rebuilding Together. We're so excited to have a San Diego native on the show. Joining us today from the Mount Helix Lifestyles Real Estate Team, give a warm welcome to Mr. Jason. Cardo! Welcome to the show, Jason. Thanks wow, for joining that was awesome. Thank you, James. Yes. <laughs> Dude, uh, we, we like to have fun here on the Business Bros Podcast. So That we uh, do. James does a little bit of Google searching for you, and there you go. Everything about you, Jason, can be found online. How do you like that? It's different from when we were growing up, right? Oh, definitely, definitely. <laughs> yes, I I've been keeping up with the uh, the websites and social media over the years. So I'm uh, I'm not the biggest expert, but uh, when you Google me, yeah, I think I, it's kind of amassed a lot over the years. I try to keep keep everything current. Um, so yes, for, well, for good or bad, you-, you can find me out there on the internet. Mm-hmm. That's right. Let me ask you, because uh, we come from an old school time. You know, back when I was growing up, we had these big old fat books called the Yellow Pages, where we used to find uh, information on businesses. <laughs> and there was this other big fat book called the White Pages, where we can find people's phone numbers and that sort of stuff. This is prior to something as simple as Googling it, right? That Google wasn't even a word in my vocabulary growing up. Uh, mm-hmm. And you've managed to uh, establish yourself and build a real estate business um, using uh, what is now known as old school tactics, right? <laughs> I mean, uh, they're, they're <laughs> still practical, tactical 
uh, pieces of advice that that uh, that many of uh, the real estate coaches that I've talked to have uh, that still implement today. Things like picking up the phone and prospecting, talking to somebody new, getting in front of people, tell them what it is you do. Tell me a little bit about your journey into the real estate space and how it's shifted uh, now that we're in, uh, I guess, a post-internet, post-COVID world. Yeah. Um, well, like you said, I, I started out with my, my family. Uh, my mom, she had uh, rentals. And so whenever uh, someone would move out, you know, I'd, I'd go there and paint and take the trash out and, you know, hear that a lot of times it wasn't the best move out. So I'd hear the story. Uh, I think one time she, she took the pink slip to someone's car for rent. And, and my mom's a nice church lady, but she would just be too nice to these, uh, well, <laughs> to, to people. And um, so the, that's the interesting thing. She was always the real estate person and uh, had rentals. Uh, she was never licensed. And my, my dad wasn't really into it or didn't want to be a part of it. But um, yeah, she inspired me. Uh, I saw even when she didn't do things perfectly, uh, you know, it, it always worked out. And over time, you know, I saw how <clears throat> real estate, uh, you know, how, how it helped her uh, over time. And so I, I guess she would be the, the big inspiration. Um, you, you know, it's me. funny. My so, my father-in-law tells me about his, uh, his grandma and he said that uh, one time he went to grandma's house because they all lived on the same in the same neighborhood right so they were all close by so he would go to grandma's house to grab some good food because you know grandma always makes good food and he said he would sit there and, and and eat the cookies or whatever and he's sitting with grandma and one day grandma reaches down she picks up a pile of dirt and she looks at it she goes mijo and she's like letting it full, drop to the ground she's like this is gold right here. This is gold. And he looked at grandma like, man, my grandma's losing it, right? There's <laughs> no way, grandma, that is not gold. But what she was what she was talking about was exactly that. The dirt that we have, the land that you own when you can when you can own a rental property, when you can own a piece of property, that's gold. You know, back then mm -hmm. you could buy a house, you know, for five thousand, ten thousand dollars, where today that same house is gonna cost you, especially here in San Diego, upwards of half a million dollars. You know, that is what happens over time. And so grandma was right. That was gold. It was dirt, it was gold, but that's what people have been working to acquire. And it seems like your mom kind of had that same mentality. How did that trans uh you know transfer yeah. over to you? Yeah, I mean, well, and that that was the thing too, uh maybe like with your uh, grandma, uh, the, the first house they bought was to live in. And then, you know, as I, I guess when they had me or they, they're high school sweethearts from Connecticut and uh, my mom and dad came out for the Navy. They lived down in the North Park area. Actually, okay, some quick mom stories too. The, the first house they bought, they were there for, uh, I guess, a month and someone knocked on her back door and a, a lady said, hi. And she said, here's your rent money. And my mom said, the rent money? And she said, yeah, I live in the, the back house. So, I mean, that, that just sounds amazing to me. How can you buy a home and not know it was two homes on one lot? But <laughs> I, I guess she did. And, uh, so, I mean, my mom had a lot of good serendipity type stories like that. Um, she said since then that home has been, uh, I guess they did sell that home. You know what, too? And I, I, like you said, that was back in the phone book, no internet. I think they bought it with all the furniture in there, too. Uh, some guy had was older and wanted to move out into a rest home. And uh, yeah, somehow it just happened and they probably just moved in and put their clothes in the dresser or something. I don't know. Um, Fine by me. <laughs> yeah. no, I, no, I don't know. But I mean, it, it was interesting how I think back then it was one piece of paper and you sign and you don't really know what's happening. And uh, 
But uh, that home was taken down and built to apartments, but then they bought another home in North Park. And so, yeah, uh, I think, well, and as you guys know, there's investment, but also kind of emotional. Uh, the, the home they're in now in uh, Rancho San Diego, I guess a realtor uh, took them out on a Sunday. Uh, they saw the home. They, they weren't necessarily home shopping, but they signed up. It was brand new construction over near Monta Vista High School, uh, if you guys know that. And uh, mm -hmm. Um, so that's how they bought that house. And then the, the home in North Park, you know, they, they started renting it out. So a lot of people will do that. Um, if you can keep the home you live in and buy another one, if you don't need to sell it, that's kind of how they did it uh, to begin with. Um, and, and that was another serendipity story. So she told the realtor of the Rancho San Diego home, she said, gosh, I wish I, would ha I could have a horse. And she said, well, you can look down there. And I guess it came with like a whole nother acre below the house. So I, I don't know how my mom did it, but she always seemed to get value added properties without knowing. So, well, you know, and, and part of it is, is, uh, you know, she may not have known, but she kind of, you know, and this is, I don't know, it's kind of weird. So she put it out in the, in, into the, into the universe, right? This is what I'm looking for. This is what I, this is what I want to, to acquire. And, uh, you know, th there's a lot of those things where, you know, they might sound frou-frou and, and, you know, whatever when you when you talk about things like the secret but having that goal in your mind saying that this is something that i want to achieve and then kind of voicing it out there other people will hear it other people will see that this is the goal that you're trying to attain and you know it, it, when we look at it from an outsider's perspective it might look like serendipity it might look like luck but at the same mm -hmm. time, luck only favors those prepared to take advantage of it. Yeah, that she might have bought that house with somebody with a tenant in the back and she didn't know, but she was in a position to be able to buy that house, right? Same thing with, with the next situation or, or whether it was furnished or not. The opportunity presented itself and we're only fortunate if we're able to take advantage. If First of all, we see it as an opportunity. And then second, that we can take advantage of it. I mean, how many clients have you talked to that uh, didn't really, you know, I'm not really in the in the market to shop around, but I did see this house go up next to my place where I'm living. Can you give me some information on that? Just I'm kind of curious. And it turns into now they're shopping for a house and then they got pre-qualified and they're in the next step. I mean, you know, it starts with the idea that you plant the seed in their head or they plant the seed in their own head that this is something they want to go towards. I mean, you you've worked with clients like that in the past, haven't you? Yeah, um, I think two come to mind. I I I had two clients where we met, and I think I I showed them the first house, and that's the one they bought. So I I thought that couldn't happen, but it has happened with two clients. But uh, a lot of times it can be a long, drawn out process. Uh, but but from what you said too, to me, I you know when you're starting a family or getting married, I, I think it ha can happen quickly. Uh, when people are getting divorced, a lot of times they don't want to live in the previous spouse's home. Hmm. And uh, what was it? A, a baby, I guess they call it nesting. Uh, a lot of times, you know, maybe you'll be in an apartment and you'll want to buy a home before the, the baby uh, is born. So yeah, there, there's some life moments too that it, it, even my, my, my best friend mentor since I was four, my dentist, I, uh, he lives on Mount Helix and he just called me and uh, he's been a great inspiration, but I guess he just sold uh, his home and he's going to rent out a home I have for rent while he builds a house on Mount Helix. But he was telling me it, oh. it happened so fast. And so he, he loves me to death and there, no offense, you know, uh, to him, but 
even people you know, um, it, it can happen very fast. Yes. Uh, so. Well, let, let's talk about that. I mean, so, so, I mean, I don't know if he used you as a realtor or not, but, but I know that that happens a lot in the real estate space where, um, you know, you, you have friends, you have family, uh, they know they, they may or may not know what you do, but they, you, the next time you end up talking to them, they're, they're a transaction has occurred, right? They sold their house or they went yeah. off and bought a house and, and you're kind of sitting there wondering like, wait a minute, didn't you know I was a realtor or, or didn't you, you know, did you specifically not want to work with me? Uh, have you, have you had that situation and what do you do about it? What do you, what do you, what goes in, in your mind when you have an opportunity like that pass you up? Well, I mean, true. I, I won't lie. I, I beat myself up. I, I stew about it for a day or so. And uh, my wife and daughter go, oh my gosh, come on, you're doing so well. You can't win them all. But, um, I, you know, some of them, maybe it wouldn't be appropriate. Um, a, a recent one, he just sold it for a million dollars. My my friend, uh, dad, and I had helped him a lot. His neighbor sold the house to cash buyers. And uh, he sold his home for, I think, 900000 to a cash buyer. It was in University City. But his wife had passed, and w once he saw his neighbor did it, he didn't want to deal with, you know, agents coming through the home and all. And a very nice guy, and he said, "Oh, I'm sorry, Jason. I didn't know you could, you know, buy my home for cash or help me remodel it." So that that could be a little bit out of the norm for some realtors. But so so there's that, and and there's people that, oh, I didn't know you were in the business still. So I I think you you know I'm very honored to be on your show, and you guys are very proactive. Um, but I think, yeah, you, you don't call your sphere of influence or tell them what you do. I mean, I think that can happen too. Um, so I don't know if that answers your question, but yeah, yeah I mean, it, it, it kind of does. I mean, it kind of does think yeah. of it like this in my, in my opinion, it's one of those things where if you are not constantly marketing yourself, in other words, getting in front of people and telling them what is it, what it is that you do, just like you said, your circle of influence, uh, you know, yeah. we, we have this impression in our minds that because I hold a license, because I'm at my job every day, because I'm looking over my contracts on a regular basis, because I'm talking to my clients, we assume that everybody else is kind of watching what we're doing. Like the world revolves around us and, and we forget about some of these proactive things that we need to do, right? We forget about the fact that we need to call some of these people that haven't talked to us because you do get answers like, oh, I didn't know you were still doing that or worse, yeah. right? The, the other side, which is worse is, well, you know what? And, and I've had this before. It's because you seemed uh, you seemed like you were busy doing a lot of things. I didn't Too want busy, to bother yeah. you. Right. And mm -hmm. that's another aspect of it. So on the one hand, making sure that you tell people, hey, you know what? I'm still in the business and I'm here to help you. Um, and, and so that they know that you're actively looking for clients. Look, this is my livelihood, ladies and gentlemen, right? Friends, family, aunts, uncles, whatever it's going to be. This is how I make my living. So if you have anybody that is that I can help, you know, you're helping me at the same time as, hel as helping them. But we don't say those things. Right. We just right. we kind of take it for granted and we assume that they know. Uh, what kind of stuff do you do uh, to to help you know mitigate that to to limit the the I didn't know right. who you were I'm sure you have some sort of uh, prospecting system in place. Yeah, I mean, well, truthfully, I, I'm kind of freestyle, but I, I do pretty good. And uh, uh, you know, in the beginning, it was friends and family, and I think that's what most agents do. They'll go to a brokerage, they'll they'll sell a home to one or two friends and family, and then they go, "Oh my gosh, this is hard," or "I got to keep." Uh, prospecting. And so a database, um, I have been using Excel or Outlook, but I, I finally, I've been using Wise Agent for a CRM and I, I'm really uh, enjoying that. 
but I've been mailing and uh, I, I, that sounds antiquated, but I've been mailing to my sphere of influence. I think around four or 500 a month I do, it's called the most interest, interesting postcard. So it has little fun facts on it, but then I do put a, a blurb about a property maybe I just listed or sold. And then the social media, um, I have been keeping up with, with that on all the channels and uh, I've had some kind of good, again, I'm amazed at you guys, your consistency. I've had some good streak. I, I do keep it updated, um, that, but I think that the Facebook has been amazing uh, for friends and family. And I know Instagram is the latest thing that I've been uh, uh, trying to be more active on. And then to kind of answer your question, uh, with my website, my past clients, I've been setting up maybe a quarter mile uh, radius around their home. And so whenever a, a listing comes up in the neighborhood, you know, you're driving home, you see a sign that probably the first thing you go in your home, you go on the computer and you want to know how much your neighbor's home is. So I'm, I'm I'm getting better at my past clients to set up a search. So if anything, you know, not too far around their home, but they'll get an email from me and know, okay, here's the, the details. And what that does is uh, instead of them going on some of the other big third-party websites, you know, you're in front of them uh, for their curiosity. So that's mm -hmm. something on the, the, uh, the, the listing side to, to set up like a market neighborhood home watch. So well, uh, first of all, uh, Paul's giving you a shout out. Look at this, a La Mesa unicorn, oh. born and raised. <laughs> He's giving you a shout Thank out. Thank you, Paul. You, know, you you mentioned uh, mail, right? And and yeah. uh, you said you know mail's antiquated. You know the funny thing is things go in cycles, and I I honestly believe that in and this is this is a testament to uh, Eric Gilman, part of our five AM club. Uh, shout out to the Justice League, our five AM club. Uh, but he does this thing uh, called he he actually you know and I have the book somewhere up here. I forgot who the author is, but he it's it's from the thank you economy. And what he does every day is he sends out handwritten thank you notes. And and oh, you yeah. know, to receive mail, like right now in our inbox, in our in our in my own inbox, my Gmail inbox, I'm either doing the email, I'm deleting the email, or I'm delegating, right? And most of the time it's I'm deleting it because it's junk mail that's already getting highlighted. I don't even open it, it's going straight into the trash. You do a lot of the same thing with uh, with with regular mail, but if it's a handwritten note, if it's a handwritten envelope, I'm gonna open it. If there's if it's kind of like a not a regular envelope, maybe you throw in like a little magnet or a little toy or a little trinket in there, and it's not flat. It's got like some dimension to it. I'm gonna open it. If you send a FedEx package or a FedEx envelope type thing, I'm gonna open it. Right. There are certain things that we can use, even though it's snail mail, even though it's traditionally something that's antiquated. If we use it the right way, we can really reach our customer base. When I was doing, uh, when I was doing, I, got a, uh, I actually got a cool one, really quick. Uh, I got, a, I got a cool piece of mail uh, this week. It was actually from Honda Financing, but the way that they did their envelope is uh, they made it look like it was sent by certified mail. So they had like a little label printed on there and it looked like somebody had to sign off on it and it looked like certified mail. So, you know, of course I opened that like, what the heck is this? So yeah. And little creative things. That's that's and so when I was doing my prospecting via mail, when I was, when I was really actively doing it before the podcast, I had these envelopes that had money on them. Jimmy taught me about this. Uh, oh yeah. So, so he's like, he's like, if, if you put money on the envelope, and there's something related to money every time your envelope comes. I'm going to open that envelope, 
right? Whether it's a check or or a two dollar bill, like uh, like Capital Premium Finance does, they give away two dollar mm-hmm. bills to all their agents when they go visit them. They give away two dollar bills. That's kind of the thing. Uh, so for me, having that envelope, and I would drop a, a lottery scratcher. So when you saw this envelope, this this you know CS First Real Estate would drop in in the mail, and it had pictures of money on it, and you knew that my mail came with a scratcher. You were gonna open it, and I think that's the power of really of of that snail mail. What do you uh wh- what are you doing uh, other than that snail mail? I mean, I, and I understand the 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 shock and awe that social media has, especially when they shift over platforms. Mm-hmm. But but what's been your most effective prospecting tool that you've used? Yeah, well, I don't. I'll, I'll move on. But yeah, the the most interesting postcards. People just love them. They give them. So that I I was even asking my assistant like, is this stale? Because uh, I'm keeping that, the, the mailing you said, I do put my magnets. I'll go to people's homes a lot of time. It's on their refrigerator. The one thing I've been, uh, probably about the last year, I'm doing home anniversary. So usually I have about 10 to 20 cards every month I'm sending to people saying happy home anniversary. I've been using the home bot, home valuation system you've probably heard of, setting up my clients with that, which is like their personal home valuation system but it's not brand, you know, it's branded to you, not to any of the other big uh, websites. Um, so yeah, the home anniversary and then, uh, but yeah, the social media, uh, I, I was doing YouTube videos and then blogs. So I, I have a WordPress site and um, I use Buffer, if you guys have heard of that. So I'll write my WordPress blog, then it'll push it out to all my um, social media. And uh, so that, that's been a thing. And so when I get a new listing, um, I'll do a video. I'll put information about the home, but I can put, you know, neighborhood parks and things of that nature. So kind of what you guys are doing. Yeah, the blogs and vlogs. Um, when you're busy, it seems like a time waster and all, but I, I've really been trying to do that. Uh, even if I can't complete, like I'm trying to finish a blog on ADUs. I, I was going to try to do it one night, but it didn't seem right. So I've, I've saved it as a draft. Um, but that's the other thing. I, I know that another instead of trying to do it each day, they're saying time block and, and do a bunch of them and then schedule. So I, I, I kind of have to have the feeling or not be distracted, but uh, that, that's what I've been doing, trying to keep up on my, my blogs. So. You know, it's, it's crazy when you're self-employed, how quickly one can be distracted. Uh, this little guy right here that yeah. I have in front of me, that guy can consume so much time if I let it right. And, and yeah. it's easy for us to do things, having a schedule and having us, uh, you know, ha- having myself a- a regimented to do certain things at certain times during the day and planning, strategically planning what I want to accomplish in any given day, uh, helps me stay focused. What's what's one bad habit that you have right now that you're trying to get rid of that, you know, every, every single one of us has it. For me, it was uh, the most recent bad habit that I had that I was trying to get rid of was um, was was taking uh, going back to sleep after my 5 a.m. call. So I had a bad habit of I would get up, I would do my 5 a.m. call, I would work out, I go for a run and then I'd have this two hour nap right after. And I was like, this is not going to work. It went from having a 20, 20 to 30 minute nap to saying, Oh, I can go a little bit longer, a little bit longer. And so I cut it all the way back. And now I'm back at, at not taking a nap or, or making it really small. But, uh, but, but the, but you know, that, that was one of those habits where now I'm taking away an hour or two hours of my day because I go back and take a nap after I work out where I could have had productive time. So uh, what about you? Yeah. What's one bad habit that you're, that you're trying to get rid of right now? 
Well, you kind of said the email. I set up a folder and a, a junk mail. Even email I don't really read, I, I keep because I just like to see what other people are doing. But I, I guess the bad habit was I used to wait to go back to the office. Uh, but I put everything on the Dropbox and in, in the cloud, even on my uh, cell phone to write offers. Um, so that, I, I guess I love paper too. I, you could probably see my office and, and a lot of these books and manuscripts, I probably never look at anymore, but I still want them around me. Um, but so I guess the bad, I think paper and I'm trying to, uh, even that putting in the Dropbox to lay, I, I, I have a rental property and I wanted to get some touch up paint. And I know I saved the thing from three years ago and I was trying every keyword to try to figure out what paint color. Uh, so it, I mean, you, you, in another, you feel like you're wasting time. Uh, yeah, clutter. But uh, I, I, I think I am getting uh, better with that. So my, my paper, um, I guess the, the paper and the email. Oh, Jason. and I have a Fujitsu ScanSnap 1500. So I'm scanning everything in right away. Trying to, <laughs> yeah. All right, man. You sound exactly like me. So my wife gets on my case because I have all kinds of, like, exactly like you, folders, notebooks. She, like, you can see behind me that we call that the swag wall, right? And she calls okay. it clutter. <laughs> she calls it clutter. Yeah. But, but here, here's the thing. Like, um, you know, some people have this, this thing about, um, hoarding right so so some people will hoard a bunch of stuff just just things right piled up garages and you see it on on tv right the the show hoarders um i have a bad habit of hoarding documents just like you now i have converted to the whole cloud space but if my cloud was a garage it would be so <laughs> packed to the top and not very organized at all it's horrible man like i and and here's and i'm like you the fact that that you have um that paint color that you want to go after, right? You want to go back and be like, you know what? I'm going to go to Home Depot. I'm going to get this paint. I'm going to match it. I know I put it somewhere. That is the curse that I have. I know I put it somewhere. And the problem is it, that somewhere is sitting in my Dropbox. That somewhere is sitting in my garage. That somewhere is sitting something. And I have so many somethings sitting somewhere. I have no idea where anything is sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so really quick, we are actually brothers here. So uh, there was something that dad taught me when I was like knee high to a grasshopper. Uh, Cause I used to do this to him all the time. I used to like take his tools and then leave them somewhere where they weren't supposed to be. <laughs> A place for everything and everything in its place. Now, I say that knowing that dad is the guy that has a garage that's full brim to the top and <laughs> probably doesn't know where, you know, most of the stuff that's in there is. However, comma, I took that very much to heart. A place for everything and everything in its place. I'm kind of a minimalist, too. So it's true. It's true. It's true. <laughs> well, that's awesome. What? I, I'm hoping, yeah, my garage is full and tools for the rental properties and all, but may, maybe this will be the year that Marie Kanoto, uh, I forgot the title of the book, but you, everything. She, the one that she organizes? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah. She's uh, amazing, man. That, I know. I, I think it's Con Kondo? Oh, Kano? Yeah, Mary Kondo. I mean, the, her first book, it was, I, I had a religious experience. I should read it again and uh, and go with it. She says to start with your sock drawer or something small, clothes. Uh -huh. and then build up to more and more should see so, my sock drawer i still i still fold my socks like <laughs> navy style <laughs> okay well all uh, right so so branding wise i don't want to be branded as a hoarder even though you know I, if you looked at my my dropbox yeah. it's probably hoarder status uh what's a characteristic that you're most known for that your clients know like they they come to you they know you this is what you're branded as in in your uh, in your circle of influence 
Well, I, I think, I, I guess, um, uh, gosh, what am I? Da- down the earth or I, I'm a regular guy, do it yourself for, well, yeah, with clients, I help them clean out the home and uh, stage it and all. So I think uh, hands-on, I would say, um, uh, w- would be what what it is, Hand I guess. Um, yeah. And, and then I, I see we're getting a little bit uh, to the end of the podcast, but I didn't know if you wanted to talk about the uh, vacation rental real quick. The VRBO is what I yeah, do. Yeah, let's do and, it. Uh, and Julian. So I, um, and I, yeah, Julian is my new love kind of, I have my vacation rental going up there and that you, you had had a guy on that had a bunch of vacation rentals. I only have one and it's going like clockwork. It's taken me a couple of years, but, uh, yeah, I just wanted to tell you, you guys that, um, yeah. So, so that vacation rental thing, uh, what's, what's been your experience so far transferring from, from a traditional rental to making it a vacation rental? Why the change? Why, why the shift? Yeah, well, the I, the building, it's in Julian. I had a well, septic, and I was always fixing it up in the weather. And one of the last tenants left without rent and left it a mess. And I was getting about 600 a month. And uh, that's I said, you know what? I had the money and I wanted to remodel it. So I said, let's do the vacation rental thing. I'm still one of the cheapest or best uh, rentals in Julian, about 90, 90 bucks, $100 a night. But now I'm getting, uh, I don't know. You know, twelve to fifteen hundred a month just for that. Whereas, I'm sure you guys have heard stories. You know, I'm I'm doubling my rent potential essentially, um, and then I, I can actually use it myself too. Which you know, Julian here is is kind of a nice place. But in the beginning, getting all the uh, utensils, the silverware, uh, sheets, buying two or three uh, of the same sheets and things in case one gets damaged, uh, you can wash it, and and th- that's the thing. Once you get your rental going the cleaning person that that is one of your best friends uh, uh to make sure it's ready for the next guest because uh before i was only doing it about on the weekends but i started running during the week and that's when you really got to start turning it like a, you know a professional hotel almost um how was so that I, how was that yeah. learning curve getting uh finding the right person to help you out there yeah i went through some and uh, i use facebook for julian and and found a lady she really likes it and she goes and um i'll pay her on uh paypal uh we'll we'll wait about a month or so and i'll pay her a lump sum and then of course with the coronavirus we're doing uh you know hand sanitizer and wiping everything down uh but we've uh we've been going pretty well with that so uh well love it so, so yeah i'm, I'm no yeah the clients know me for the Julian guy now too. How's that for? Yeah, what, that's what a good one. Think of me? So, do you yeah. do you uh, do you include a, an apple pie when they get the rental with you? <laughs> I, I don't, but I, well, it's a commercial strip mall, and I'm across from the uh, Nickel Beer Company, and then the Julian newspaper is one of my tenants. So I I do try to give them a Julian newspaper. I have a co- concierge book on the coffee table of the restaurants and things. Uh, so they'll ask me for my opinions. A lot of them will stay there to go to weddings uh, or just to, to uh, get out. And I do allow dogs. So that's really helped uh, my rental. Uh, a lot of people want to bring their animals with them. So if, if you do allow that, I've had pretty good luck uh, with the animals. So dude, that's so good. Awesome. well, thank you. I just wanted to put that vacation rental in there. So. <laughs> no, for sure. For sure. Yeah. And, and Jason, I mean, again, thank you. You know, you're right. Our time's coming to an end here, but thank you for, for coming on the show and, and chatting with us and being just, uh, you know, just, just open. Cause you know, a lot of things we talked about there, everything from, from, you know, 
getting started into this real estate space are only t- you know typical stories of how we deal with clients and and you know being hoarders all those things are real things that that <laughs> we're not the only ones going through it you know what i mean everybody else is going through it too so you know coming on the show and connecting with people that's what it's all about so thank you very much for coming on appreciate your time oh Ladies thank you guys uh, before you head out, uh, why don't you tell our listening audience what the best way to get in touch with you? Um, well, I see it scrolling on this uh, site there. It's mounthelixlifestyles.com. And um, uh, my cell phone is 619-347-6337. And uh, yeah, a lot of texting. So you could text, call, or email. And then, like you said, I, I have all my social uh, media icons on my website. So if you want to follow or direct message me that way. And remember, ladies and gents, Jason's got that uh, Julian uh, yes, vacation me, rental. I'm going to get the card here. Let's see. Uh, I should have put it. Uh, can we? Here we go. There, there it is. So that's that. And I got a, a website there. But th- this is on a VRBO that I use. So. Yeah, if you'd like to stay, let me know. So Check it out. All right, Jason, thank you very much. Ladies and gents, enjoy the rest of your Wednesday afternoon. We'll be back with another show tomorrow. Whoop, Thanks whoop. again, Jason. Peace. All right, thank you, guys. All right. Bye-bye. <laughs> and we're out. Thank you for listening to the Business Bros Podcast. Are you looking to get more clients or to increase your income? Hernan, the business bro, can help you generate referrals through the power of podcasting. And James, the insurance bro with Pipeline Insurance, can help you effectively add insurance to your existing business. If you are ready to create wealth today and generational wealth for tomorrow, email businessbros at csfirst.com to schedule a free consultation or join the Business Bros Network, www.businessbros.biz.